Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 40. Um, big slate tonight, wanted to get this out before the weekend. Um, me and Fee are uh, pushing the podcast back to Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday will be sometime early, mid next week is when we'll get our podcast done. We're going to kick it off actually with my 1.0 2022 NFL mock draft. As you know, we started with the .5. I'm going kind of slower since you know it's so far away, but I love getting these out. And we're about you know mid-season, a little over mid-season, so why not do one now? We'll get into UFC Fight Night, Vieira versus Tate predictions, um, and a little what's next for Yair and Holloway. Then we'll go into college football, look back at week 11, and then my top five headlines and discussions uh, for week 12, my Power 26 college football rankings, and then college football games and spreads. Then we'll get into NBA trade ideas for three certain players. I might do this every couple podcasts, pick three certain guys that, you know, maybe one place it might not be working out, you know, or disgruntled star, something like that. And we'll get into who who we're doing when we get there. Then we're going to go overreaction, not NFL and NBA, which Lou came in on as, again as well, my brother. So he's going to have his, I'll have his answers as well. Then we'll get into NFL, look back at week 10, top five headlines and discussions for week 11. And then we're going to do AFC, NFC tiers. My brother is now in on as well. So he's got his Super Bowl contenders. Who's, got, who's the outside looking in? Who's the borderline? And hello, 2022 NFL draft. My NFC, t- and then we'll do NFC tiers. Then we'll get into NFL games and spreads to end it. So let's kick it off with the mock draft. Um, a little different this week. So, I mean, let's go some notable things. The Jets have three and seven. The Giants have six and eight as of right now, the way the standings are. The Eagles have five, 10, and 15. Um, does anybody else double up? Not really. I don't think we have any more double. Oh, the Lions also have one and 27. So that would be the only two double ups or there'll be the other double up as well so you got the Lions with two first round picks the Jets with two the Giants with two and then the Eagles with three in the top 15 so Lions are at one Texans at two you know people are going to say Kayvon Thibodeau is is definitely should be the number one pick but you just watch the Lions and Texans and as of right now, we don't know what the Texans are going to get back for Watson. Will they get back a quarterback? You know, if it's to the Raiders, would they get back Derek Carr? Possibly. If it's to the Dolphins, would you, are you getting back Tua? Um, to me, I think both teams, even with Goff, man, and, you know, I, I know they, they, had to, they had to keep him this year, of course, and, I, you know, they might have to keep him next year because of the hit. But after next year, he's gone. But, you know, you could cut him this year and take your losses because – to me, just looking at the Texans lines, they got to draft the quarterback. And there are two. I think I think people are a bit off. I think there are two quarterbacks that are very deserving of being very high up there. I have right now, let's see. I have two, three. I have four. I have four quarterbacks going around one. I think Carson Strong, Sam Howell could easily, one of them could work the way. And I think you're still going to end up getting five, four to six quarterbacks taken around one. Four for sure. I think five will probably be the, the correct number. Six is tough. It just depends on what you like. I think Corral and Willis have separated themselves, though. I think Willis is so much. He might have the most upside. He probably does have the most upside. I think Corral is the most ready now, and I think he also has tremendous upside as well, and that arm talent's ridiculous. So I have the Lions taking Matt Corral, one overall here from Ole Miss. I think he's the best quarterback in college football. I think he's the best quarterback prospect there is. And for the Lions, you just look at this year. I mean, they win that game if they had, if they had a quarterback that could you know drive the ball down the field and make plays. They beat the Steelers last week. I know Big Ben was out, and they, they could have won so many more games. I think they've, they've been in some games this year where they could have three or four wins if they had a quarterback that could drive the ball down the field and make plays. So they take Matt Corral, number one. Houston, again, you know you're not going with Tyrod. And this may change. This Again, this is why it's you're going to have – you could have me having 10, 12 mock drafts, maybe even more than that. This could change. I mean, maybe if the Texans trade Deshaun to Miami and get Tua, maybe they're like, okay, we're going to let Tua play. And we're going to see how he does, and we'll take quarterback next year if he's not the guy, right? But I'm going off right now. You're not for sure getting a quarterback back for Deshaun. So I'm going to say the Texans take Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, who, in my opinion, slightly over Corral, has the most upside. I think Corral's better now, but I think Willis has the most upside. I think he he gives you so much. He can move. He's got great arm talent. I just really like Malik Willis, and that's why I have the Texans going quarterback. I think both these teams need a quarterback, and these are two. These two are by far the top two quarterbacks. I think it's Malik Will- it's Matt Corral, Malik Willis, and then it's kind of a drop-off. You know, you got Desmond Ritter, 
Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, those four in consideration for sure, a first-round pick, but I don't think they're anywhere near the caliber of a Matt Corral and Malik Willis. So the Jets, they, they, like, uh, you know, they've taken a lot of offense recently. Quarterback, offensive lineman. Here's where you go get Thibodeau. Here's where you boost the defense. You get Kayvon Thibodeau at third. He's the highest-rated prospect. Again, quarterbacks are overvalued because they're a quarterback, but he's the best prospect in this draft. And I think you got to go get him. If he's there, you have to pick Kayvon Thibodeau. Jacksonville at four. The defense, I think, is fine. They're starting to play well. Um, they've played really well the last few weeks. Um, O-line's really iffy. So you go get Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. you got to protect that guy you drafted last year, Trevor Lawrence. you got to protect him. So you go get Evan Neal to protect Trevor Lawrence. Eagles, with one of their first three first-round picks, they go Derek Stingley Jr., um, I think, uh, you know, they, they're they they're a little older at defense back. They got one-year guys. I still like Darius Slay. I think he returns is, is fine, but a guy that Derek Stingley could learn from is Darius Slay. Slay plays a few more years, takes Stingley under his, you know, under his wing, and then Stingley's could be – he has the potential to be the best corner in the NFL someday. You got to take him here. Aiden – and then the Giants, which they pick six and eight. I have them going Aiden Hutchinson, a guy that – you know, if teams don't go quarterback hungry, he could end up being the third pick. If Thibodeau moved up, I think if Thibodeau was one or two, I think I would have Aiden Hutchinson going three here. Um, but yeah, Aiden Hutchinson to the Giants, great pass rusher. This would be a tremendous pick for them. And people might call me crazy here because you still have Kyle Hamilton, Ahmad Gardner, uh, Kyir Elam, and Andrew Booth there. I have them going D-line again here. I have them going to Marvin Neal. Could you imagine you set up that D-line of the future with DeMarvin Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau just causing havoc? I know people are going to say it's crazy, but DeMarvin Neal's 290. He can play inside, and then also you can move him outside, and him and Thibodeau can be your, your defensive ends. I love this thing. I love this duo right here of Kayvon Thibodeau and DeMarvin Neal. And the Giants, they go the other A&M guy, the interior lineman, Kenyon Green. Unbelievable. Unbelievable potential. The guy's unreal. I know a lot of people think, you know, uh, Ikea McWanu could go here. I like Kenyon Green more. I'll be oh, it's A&M bias. No, I just think Kenyon Green's the best interior O-lineman here. And it's close, and it's not between him and uh, Ekwanu. We're going to get to this guy in a minute. So at nine, this may be the steal because I think I think as the draft process goes on, this guy will not be here at nine. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. It's always tough for me to put a safety in the top five range, right? You, I could see the Jets taking him here at seven, um, but I'm gonna go Kyle Hamilton at nine to the, to the Washington Redskins, and this would be a tremendous pick if they can get Hamilton at nine. Which again, I think as the process goes on, he's gonna be higher for me. But right now, I think nine is a fair spot, and I think this would be an unbelievable pick for Washington Eagles with their second pick. This time they address the interior O line, getting a little older. They go Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. A tremendous player. I think you, he can come in and play center immediately. You know, Jason Kelsey getting older. He can come in and play immediately for you. So now you've addressed corner, and now you address your interior O-line, which their O-line has been extremely banged up this year. At 11, the Atlanta Falcons, they go edge. George Karloftis. Again, a guy I think by the time we do this, you're going to be saying, man, is he a top five pick? He is an animal. Um, I really like this pick for Atlanta. They need edge. They need defense. And this is, you know, this is something to build on right here. At 12, we have the Dolphins, which, in my opinion, if they traded for Deshaun Watson, they would not be picking here. But let's say they are. Again, no trades have happened, so we're going to go off what's here. They, this is the first receiver off the board, Chris Olave from Ohio State. He probably would have been a first-round receiver this year, but I'm, I think he would have been a later first round. There's no way he slides past the top, in my opinion. Let's say teams that could look for receiver – Chargers have Mike Williams, a free agent. The Saints, the Patriots, you got the Browns at 16. No way he slides past 22. I think he wouldn't even slide past 16. Um, but I'm going him here at 12 to the Browns. He's unreal. Uh, it would help Tua if Tua is still the quarterback. It would help him a lot to get a guy like Chris Olave in there. For the Vikings, uh, you know, you address the interior line. You address the O-line. You know, you could go D-line here for sure. I'm going corner, though, Ahmad Gardner. I love him. And, again, a guy... That I think could he could work as you 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 see a Jets that need a corner, you could go you could go Gardner here, but I'm saying Vikings at thirteen, this helps them a ton. Fourteen is where my third quarterback comes off. Let me get a drink.
So this is where my third quarterback comes off. The Denver Broncos at 14. They take Desmond Ritter, um, the quarterback out of Cincinnati. Maybe not having the year that people thought, right? I know they're undefeated. He's not putting up. They're not. They're not performing to me how I thought they would, and I think that's why you're seeing them left out of the top. The top four, um, with the schedule they're playing, they're kind of playing close with, you know, below average teams. I think he has so much arm talent though, and so much potential. I think Denver could. Re- I think Denver could gamble here and take him. Um, again though, it's a pick Denver may not have. They will be in. I, th- if you look at teams that are going to be in the hunt. Miami for sure, which is I heard where he wants to be. Carolina. Um, I think Vegas is fine with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is so underrated. But let's go. Denver's going to be in the hunt. Washington's going to be in the hunt. The Giants may be in the hunt, and maybe even the Eagles. I know that they like Jalen Hurts right now in the way he's playing, but the Giants could be in the hunt. The Broncos are a team that's definitely going to be in the hunt for Deshaun Watson. Um, so here you go, though. You don't get Deshaun. You take Desmond Ritter. Eagles with their. Uh, Third pick of the first round, five, ten, and fifteen again. You know you gotta love having this, uh, this luxury of picks. And who knows, they might not even stay here. They might move a pick or two, and you know get more assets. But I got the Eagles taking Kingsley Enigbare, the edge out of South Carolina. I think this kid's unreal. Plays for an you know an average South Carolina team, but he is unreal. Not Jadavion Clowney, but I think he's a stud. I've seen a lot of people have him near the top 10. I've also seen him, you know, mid to late first round, but I think he's too good. I think the Eagles, they need edge rushing. So now you got Stingley at corner. you got your interior line with Linderbaum, and now you get Enigbari as your edge. I think you filled massive needs for your team here. I love this pick for the Eagles. 16, the Browns. You could go wide receiver, but, uh, you know, they're – They've they Odell's gone, so that contract's off. They're gonna have some money to sign a wide receiver, I think, you know, or trade for an Allen Robinson potentially. I'm going interior O line here and help protect Baker. Uh Ikem Okawonu, who again, a lot of people could they say that he's better than Kenyon Green. They would have him in the top ten. I've seen, you know, haven't really seen later than twenty two, twenty three range. I think they the Browns could not pass up on him though. Seventeen Bengals. Again, last year, a lot of people thought they should have went Penny Sewell to protect Joe Burrow. Obviously, it's worked out with Jamar Chase. This time, you got to go protection. Um, Darian uh, Kennard, the tackle from Kentucky, protect, protect, protect Joe Burrow. Um, at 18, again, a team that might not have this pick if they go get Deshaun Watson, the Las Vegas Raiders. But, again, we're not going off of – I don't – I don't like doing, you know, projecting trades. I may do a fun one when it gets closer to draft to saying, okay, maybe I protect this trade. Uh, team coming up. I'm going Raiders taking Jordan Davis, the D lineman out of uh, Georgia. You know, if you're looking at pure interior D lineman, that's him. Because I think when you look at DeMarvin Leal, he can play on the outside as well. He's so athletic and so gifted. He can play on the outside as well. Jordan Davis, pure interior D lineman. He's probably the best pure interior D lineman in this draft. I mean, we haven't had one taken. We've had edge, we've had two edge, three, four edge, and then DeMarvin Leal, who can also play, you know, on the outside. And this makes a ton of sense for the Raiders. Get better inside, um, and I love this pick for them. 19, the Panthers. Again, a team that can possibly not be drafted here. They'll be in the Sean Watson sweepstakes for sure. Um, but if they're not, I, you know, if Cam can perform this year, do, you know, you may you could look to draft the quarterback in round one. You could also just say, let's roll out with Cam one more season, see if we can ride this thing out. And then maybe draft one next year or, you know, still be in the hunt for a trade, you know. So I'm going Trevor Penning, the tackle from Northern Iowa. I think, you know, this is a need. They need a tackle. Got to protect Cam, right? You know, or if it's Sam Donald, you got to protect them. So this is a need for Carolina. At 20, the Chargers. People might question this because they do have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but Mike Williams is a free agent. And if you're a uh, – if you're – um. The Chargers, you know, you got a beast in Slater you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay Herbert at some point. You're paying Eckler. You're paying Keenan Allen. Do you want to go out and draft the receiver and as your second behind Keenan? Or would you rather, you know, would you rather pay the, I mean, I'm guessing Mike Williams is going to get a pretty big contract this offseason. I say you I say you let him walk and you draft the receiver. Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas, big guy, kind of does what Mike Williams does. You know, Keenan's your more possession guy. And then you got Traylon Burks. Now is your he's your Mike Williams. He's your new Mike Williams, and I think this makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Twenty one, the Saints. Kyrie Elam, the cornerback from Florida. 
I mean, Saints defense is already good. Let's bo- let's boost it even more, right? You know, they're gonna have to hit on their draft picks because their cap situation. They're going to have to hit on their draft picks, no doubt. And uh, Kyrie Elam, I think he's a stud. And again, I think if they're picking twenty one as it gets closer to draft time, I don't know if he will be here. Um, Patriots, your defense is loaded. You did, you know, you got your two tight ends. Let's try to get a number one, huh? a number one receiver. I I do like the receiving core as a whole, but let's go get a guy that can be the number one guy. And I think Garrett Wilson from Ohio State can be that guy. Kid's so talented. Can help out. You're going to help Mac Jones. Your line's good. Your defense's good. you got a trio of running backs that run the ball, especially now Ramondre Stevenson. He's, un, he's looking unreal. Damian Harris is a beast. Uh, Bolden is good. Let's go get a legit receipt, a legit number one receiver for our quarterback. The Chiefs here at 23. You know, I think there's multiple needs. You could go linebacker, but I think they like Nick Bolton, and I think Nick Bolton's going to get better, and you can address linebacker. You can address a decent linebacker, a good linebacker in free agency. Um, you know, I think there's not much interior D-line and edge. You know, you still have Drake Jackson on the board. But I think corner could be a massive need next to the uh, next to see. You could also go safety. Thought about Daxon Hill, but let's not throw Thornhill under the bus yet. Um, but I'm going to Andrew Booth, the cornerback from Clemson, who a lot of people have hired. They have him as the second corner. I have him as fourth right now. I still think this top four, this top five corner class is unreal. But I mean, this top five, these top five corners, I think all have the potential to be legit number ones on their team for the next ten to twelve years. So I go Andrew Booth here from Clemson for the Chiefs. For the Buccaneers, um, you know, defense in need. You could have went defensive back here. Um, but I think if, you know, you get your guys back healthy, they have young corners. So let's go younger. Let's go pair, you know, because Levante David's getting older. Let's go get N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. He's an animal. And, again, I think a guy that could climb even higher in this draft process as we go on. Uh, but I got the Bucs uh, taking N'Kobe Dean from Georgia, the linebacker, the inside linebacker. At 24. 25, here's my fourth quarterback and final quarterback of the first round, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. It makes sense, right? I mean, to me, you have Corral Willis, a gap. Desmond Ritter, slightly ahead of the next three, in my opinion. Then Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Carson Strong, kind of all in a bunch. I think Pickett, his experience in college football, he's having an unreal season. He's in the Heisman race. Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, right? He's playing at Pittsburgh. Let's let's get him. Let's get him to the Steelers here. And I have the Steelers uh, selecting Kenny Pickett at twenty five here. I think it makes a lot of sense. Even if Big Ben comes back for a year, he can sit under Big Ben for a year. But I love this pick for Pittsburgh. And at twenty six, Ravens are so beat up. Peters getting a little older. They're so beat up at defensive back, and they're really beat up everywhere. But Trent McDuffie, I think he's another guy. These these five corners could all go before. You know, 20 in this draft for sure. Trent McDuffie's a stud from Washington. Love this pick for the Ravens. Lions second pick. Um, you got your quarterback. Edge was a need. Here's an edge. Drake Jackson from USC. Again, beast. Um, I think it's, I think it's you know, it's a need. So go get your need at this point. Now your top two needs are edge and quarterback. Go get those, and they've done that now in my mock draft. Cowboys, I got Daxon Hill, the safety. You know, I know the safeties have played pretty well this year, but one-year deals. Um, so who knows who's going to be coming back. And I think Daxon Hill's an ultimate playmaker. I think he fits the Cowboys very well. 29, my only running back in the first round. I got the Bills taking a running back. I don't think Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are the solution. I think Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State. He's emerged. I had him at fourth, I think. Um, who did I have him under? Um, that's a good question. Who I had him under? Here, let's check. Um I know I had, so I had, for a while, I had uh, Brees Hall 1, Spiller 2. Who did I have at 3? I can't even think of the name now. Oh, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame at 3. I bumped him back. I got Kenneth Walker as number 1 right now. Playing unbelievable this season. He's got to be number 1. So... I'm going Kenneth Walker the third to the Bills at 29 for the uh, for the Cardinals. You know they're pretty good everywhere, 
But, man, let's add a tight end to that offense, and let's get the offense really rolling here. Jalen Weidemeyer, who I think could go higher, the tight end from AM. He's a beast. I love this pick for the Cardinals. Titans, main need, linebacker. Devin Lloyd, who also stud him and, him and N'Kobe Dean right there at 1-2 and two from Utah. I like Devin Lloyd. And the Packers, it's tough, to, it's tough right now to mock for the Packers because you got to think if Rodgers stays, you'd like to draft the receiver and a weapon. If he leaves, though, Offensive tackle's getting old, so I went Charles Cross here. I'm going as if Rodgers might leave. So let's go Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State. And that is the mock draft. I haven't went that in depth on a mock draft in a while, and I love that I just did that. That was the first 20 minutes of the podcast. Uh, but let's get into it now. UFC Fight Night, Vieira versus Tate. Um, Here, first we'll go what I think should be next for Holloway and Yair. Yair looks spectacular. I thought he won the first two rounds. Um, Then I thought Holloway took over the last three and definitely won the last three. I did have Holloway, 48-47. Um, 49-46, a little unfair in my opinion. I thought Yair won the first two rounds. It was unreal to start, you know. Um, for Yair, I think there's really only, you know, there's two options. It depends how long Ortega's out. Yair's going to be out for some time too. So maybe a Yair Ortega or the winner of Chikadze and uh, Calvin Cater is another great fight. For Holloway, it's more inter- It's a little interesting here. One more drink. Hold on. Let me get a drink. For uh, Holloway, you know, he wasn't a – it was interesting. I would have thought after the way he lost to Volkanovski the second time that he'd be all in on let's do the trilogy. And that was what Dana wanted for sure. But Holloway wasn't like all the way in. He mentioned a lot of other names, you know. I think uh, if Poirier wins, it wouldn't make sense for – you know, he's talking about 155. If Poirier beats Oliveira, it wouldn't make sense because they fought twice already, right? And once at lightweight, you know, in the past three years, and Poirier beat him pretty easily. He has the win over Oliveira. So what would happen here is, right, if, if Oliveira beats Poirier, which I think people are totally underestimating Oliveira's chances against Dustin, um, would they dare let Holloway go fight for the 155 title and do a Gaethje-Islam number one contender fight? And then you probably got Chandler Dariush. I mean, the UFC is not against letting that happen because Holloway is already, he's beaten Oliveira, right? He beat him, and I would think it was a 145, but he still beat him. So he has a win over the champion. And then he talked about Connor, you know, doing the rematch with Connor, which, you know, I think is a big mistake. I think, I think Holloway know I think Holloway knows that Oliveira, because of, he fought him at 45, he's not a brutal puncher, Right. I think he knows that's the fight. You know, obviously, if he beat Oliveira, then he'd have to face the big dogs, the Gaethjes, the Islams, the Dariushes, the Connors, you know, the Poiriers at some maybe some point again, the Chandlers. So, Dariush. So, I mean, it's it's a little. You know, I think he knows. I think if he did, if if Poirier wins, they definitely wouldn't do it right now. Maybe if Max went up to one fifty five, fought Connor and beat Connor, then he could get the next title shot. Volkanovski said he thinks he thinks that Chin's going to go soon. He said you can't just keep taking this punishment, which I totally agree, but, I mean, Nate Diaz taken tremendous punishment, but Nate's also taken significant time off in the past five years, six years. He also thinks that Max doesn't want to ruin his reputation at 145. If he loses the Volk three times, I mean, you probably can't be considered, you know, one of the, you can't be considered the go to featherweight anymore. You lose to him three times because everyone still sees the second fight, even though Volk won. Everyone thinks Holloway won. You know, the, the public eye thinks Holloway won that fight. So that's why the third fight's okay, even though you've lost to a guy twice. Um, I would say it's going to be... I mean, Nate's looking for a fight. If he wants to do fun fights and doesn't want to go for the title right now, you could do a Nate fight. You could do a Chandler fight, you know, a Connor. I don't know. I really think he should fight Volkanovski again because I think he's the only guy right now that I've seen that can beat Volkanovski at 145. Really, you know, I think Chikadze at some point is going to get there. Not yet. He's. I think he's got to win two more. If Chikadze beats Cater, then I think you see Chikadze against Yair or Ortega. And if he beats one of them, then he's in the title. Then he's in the title fight. Um, but yeah, I don't know what Holloway's going to do. That's. It was tough for me. I would say if he fights at 155, it's only going to be because I don't think I think Connor's going to fight Nate or Tony upon return. To be completely honest. Um, 
So if Holloway's going to fight at 155, it's either going to be shooting for the Conor fight or it's going to be trying to fight Oliveira for the title because I think it's the one he knows he can win. In his mind, he knows he can win. If not, I think it's got to be Volkanovski. But like I said, Yair, Ortega, or the winner of Chikadze Cater is the fight. But let's get into uh, fan fight predictions. Uh, you know, tighten up a little bit. My dad's at the top of 21 points. Cousin Christian's at 18. I'm at 16. My brother got a 7-pointer, so he's at 12. He's he's in big right. He's he's in the race now. Um, like I said, it's one point for picking the winner, two points for picking the way the fight ends, and four points if you can pick the correct round. With the finish, though, that's the thing. Like if you say round two submission, but it's a round two knockout, it's not it does not count. You got to get this. You get the the round comes with the finish. So five fights this weekend. It's not the greatest card in the world. You got Davy Grant and Adrian Yanez. Um, we can get into this a little bit. Um, good fight. Uh, Yanez is good. Let's get into Davy Grant first. So uh, he's eleven and five. Um, good fighter. He's tough. Very tough. Um. Lost his last one to Cheeto Vera. He also has a win over Cheeto Vera. Um, you know, wants to stand there and strike, most likely. He's good all around, though. Um, so in the UFC, he is now... He was on the Ultimate Fighter. In the UFC, though, he is 4-3. and three. Um, Giannis is a beast. Uh, let's go to Adrian Giannis. 14-3. Who did he just fight? Oh, that's right, Randy Costa, and it was a war. Uh, Costa kind of broke and got tired. So since coming to the UFC, since contender series when he's three and zero, how old is he? He's young. Is he? he's only twenty seven? You know, bantamweight's deep. Um, the odds on this fight: Adrian Yanez minus three ten, Davy Grant plus two forty. We all have Yanez winning. Uh, me and my cousin Christian have Yanez via decision. My dad, oh no, my dad actually picked Davy Grant in the upset via round one KOTKO, which I like. I love when he goes out on, and that's why he's winning, because he goes out on these limbs, and, you know, he, he, uh, Bobby Green was the correct pick inside Quinto, but he said round one knockout, and all of us thought, okay, it's going to be a decision if Green wins, or either way, really, and he gets the, he gets the round one knockout. Uh, my brother's going Giannis via round two, uh, KO slash TKO. Um, okay, so next one up is, uh... Joanne Calderwood versus Talia Santos. Santos is 18 and 1. Um, she's pretty new to the UFC. She's, not, she's only 28. She okay, no, she's she's okay, no, she had a loss in the UFC. Her first fight in the UFC was a split decision loss. Since then, she's beat Molly McMahon, uh, Gillian Robertson, and Roxanne Martafari via decision. Um, she's now fighting Calderwood, who is a vet and so tough. Gosh, she, bless her. she is so tough and she's fun to watch. I love watching Joanne Calderwood fight. Now now Joanne Wood, my fault. Now it's Joanne Wood because she just got recently married. Um, JoJo. So she's coming off a loss to Lauren Murphy, be a split decision. That She beat Jessica I previously, lost to Jennifer Maya, beat Andrea Lee, lost to Chuke. I mean, she's really lost to just, and then Jessica Andrade and Calvia. She's lost to high-level fighters. This is by far Santos' toughest fight. Even though she lost her first one in, this is her toughest fight. Uh, very split. So right now, Calderwood is a plus 270 dog. Santos is minus 360. Me and my brother took Santos via decision. My dad and Christian took uh, Calderwood via decision. So split. Split down the line. This one, we all have the same guy. These are all. These are both older guys. Yaya is 37. And he's taking on 34-year-old Kayung Ho Kang. Um... Who is coming off three straight wins in the UFC? Uh, he's been around for a while, huh? He's in vital. Oh, he took a four year break. So let's just go off that four year break. And now this is his first fight in two years, though. After that four year break, uh, beat Guido Kenenteddy via triangle, lost to Ricardo Lamos via split decision. I, that was a great fight. Beat uh, Tarotu uh, Isahara via. Rare Naked Choke, round one. Beat Brandon Davis via split decision. And Pyong Lu via split decision. I think that's how you pronounce it. So he's on a three-fight win streak. He's 4-1 since he took the four-year hiatus. But now he's coming off a two-year hiatus. And he's fighting a guy that's just been around. He is just... He's ultra-tough. Got that dog in him. Ronnie Yaya. 36. Almost 37, right? 
Yep, December 9th, he'll be 37. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just a tough-nosed guy. Let's go since 2018 as well. He beat Russell Doan via arm triangle. Beat Luke Sanders via heel hook. Lost to Ricky Simone via decision. Had a draw with Enrique Barzola. And then beat uh, Ray Rodriguez via arm triangle choke um, this past March. Uh, we all have Yaya. I went bold. I went round one, KOTKO. My dad went Yaya via decision. Lou went Yaya via round three sub. And Christian went Yaya via round two, KOTKO. Oh, that's going to be a great fight. You know, two older vets, and they're just going to go at it, and that's why I can't wait for that fight. Oh, yeah, the odds on that one. Yaya, it's a pick em, basically. Yaya minus 105. Uh, Hokang minus 115, so it's a pick em. Slight favorite for Hokang, but basically a pick em there. All right. I cannot believe I'm reading Michael Chiesa as the dog. So we're going to the co-main event. Michael Chiesa plus 135 underdog to a Sean Brady minus 165 favorite. Wow. But we all spit the same guy here. Wow. We all picked Chiesa. I thought somebody would definitely pick Brady, and I thought about it. I really did think about it. So, four fights in the UFC. Court McGee decision. Uh, Ismail Nardiev via decision. Christian Aguilera via guillotine choke. And Jake Matthews via arm triangle. He also has serious power. This Sean Brady kid's going to be a problem. And if he beats Chiesa, welcome to the big time. Because again, I have them ranked seven and thirteen. I think in the UFC it's six and twelve. So Michael Chiesa, since welterweight, that's what we go off of. I'm going off of since welterweight. He lost two shade at lightweight to Liam Pettis. But then coming to welterweight, Carlos Condit, Camora, Diego Sanchez decision, Dosanos decision, Magni decision. Weren't really close fights though. And then just looked real bad. He just didn't look like Michael Chiesa. And he even said that. He said, you know, I just didn't feel it that night. And this is what, sometimes fighters just have that. That happens. Donald Cerrone countless times. Guys, I just didn't have it. He lost to uh, Luke via Darce Choke round one. So now he's come back and I, he could have easily got like a Wonder Boy fight, a big time fight. He could have easily fought somebody of a big name. You know, a, a Gilbert Burns, something like that. He takes on this prospect and Sean Brady... Again, the odds, minus 165 for Brady, plus 135 for Chiesa. We all have Chiesa. Lou and Christian have decision. My dad has round one sub. I have round three sub for Chiesa. I think he drags him into deep water. Um, Could even, you know, I think he drags him to that last round and gets it done. Here's a big swing fight. Caitlin Vieira, Misha Tate in the main event, my 7th and 8th ranked, so I think they're both ranked out in the UFC as well. Vieira's a minus 120 favorite, Tate plus 100, so really close odds. So, Caitlin Vieira, let's check her out first, right? 11-2, and two, she's a monster. Great fighter. It's a tough fight for Tate, no doubt. She's coming off the loss to Kunitskaya via decision. She beat Sajara Eubanks for that, lost to Aldana, had beat Zingano, Sarah McMahon, though, before that. It's, just, it's a tough one for Misha. Again, Misha has a... Only fought one time since, uh, what, long hiatus, which she just wasn't herself at the end of that run. Yeah, she fought uh, Marianne Renault, ground and pound round three. She looked unreal. Early on, it was a little dicey, but once she got once she got settled in, she looked like Misha. Uh, again, she lost to Pennington and Nunez before she left. Pennington, you could just tell her heart wasn't in it. She should have beat Pennington. Uh, Misha Tate, that is focused and ready to go, would have beat uh, Pennington. Obviously, Nunez tough one. Nunez just went in there and blasted her. And I would love for Tate to get a chance at her again. Um, great fight. Um, Christian is going Vieira via decision. Um, Lou is going Tate round two sub. My dad's going Tate round four KO sus TKO. And I'm going... T- I really want to change it right now. This might be a mid-change. I'm going Tate via KO slash TKO round three. I think she gets a stoppage in round three. I think she's better, and I think she's going to prove that. And we're off to the race after this, whether it's a title shot or whether you see a Holly Holm rematch, potentially a Jermaine Demandby fight. We're off to the races, though. Um, not the, Again, not the best card, but <coughs> all five fights, 
<coughs> not big names, but they could be all great fights. Really all great fights. All right. We're going to college football. A look back at week 11. With OU losing to Baylor, what are the Big 12 chances to get into the playoffs? Tough. They now have to hope for Alabama to lose to Georgia and probably lose pretty bad because I think the committee keeping Alabama at two has said if Alabama plays Georgia close, they will put them in with two losses, which I think is completely ridiculous. So let's just say Alabama loses bad. They're going to need that. Then they're going to need – they're going to need – so what they're going to have to happen is – which is going to play itself out because Ohio State plays Michigan State. They each have one loss. I say Ohio State wins, so eliminate Michigan State. They have two. Then Ohio State plays Michigan, both one loss. They eliminate Michigan because I think Ohio State gets to the title. They would then neither need Ohio State or Oregon to lose or Cincinnati. Okay, because let's say let's just go into my rankings a little bit to see what happens here. So right now I have Notre Dame at six, but Notre Dame does not. Is Notre Dame in the ACC? They're back to independent. Or the ACC. Hold on. This could change a lot. I don't remember. It did Notre... Oh my. I can't believe I didn't... I didn't figure this out. Okay, they are independent. They are not in the ACC this year. Okay, so they're not going to have a conference championship. So the winner of the Big 12 won out, and let's say it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They're 12-1. They'll get in over Notre Dame. Then you got Michigan, Michigan State. They're out. Um, shoot, hold on. i got to fix some rankings here. I didn't adjust this. My fault. Hold on. Because, um, right, okay, so... Let's just say, so then you got Notre Dame, who didn't have a conference title, Michigan, Michigan State out, right? Alabama out. So then you have Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Oregon. They'd need one of them to lose, which Georgia's not going to. So you need either Ohio State, Oregon, or Cincinnati to lose to possibly get in. There's still a chance. Now, do I think it happens? Going to be tough. Um, Going to be really tough, but I think it could happen for sure. There's definitely a path for both teams. So, Ohio State stomps Purdue. Are they the top class of the Big Ten? 100% they are. They're by far the best, and tomorrow morning I think they prove it, and I think they beat Michigan State by two or three touchdowns. I think Michigan State's good. I won't say that. Let's say they beat them. I'll say they beat them double figures, 10 or more. Uh, Ole Miss upsets A&M 29-19. Yeah, that was a bummer for A&M, huh? Defense played so well. Offense just couldn't get it going at all. Big win for Ole Miss, though. Uh, Michigan holds off scrappy Penn State. Yep, 21-17 Michigan. They hold their chances. They can win this week. Then they get Ohio State. That's going to be the winner goes to the Big Ten title and a chance at the playoff. Kansas upsets Texas in Austin, 57-56 in overtime. First Big 12 win in nearly 5,000 days. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk, baby. Uh, you know, I really think Lance is getting it rolling. I think the culture is changing. I think they're, you know, they're starting to believe and these last two games, very winnable. TCU and West Virginia also bottom of the Big 12 with Texas and technically tied for seventh. Uh, but in my opinion, I think Texas is better than West Virginia and TCU. Um, but so you play TCU this week and then you get West Virginia at home the last game of the year. I think KU has a chance to win a couple more games. So my top five headlines and discussions for week 12. Can Michigan State upset Ohio State? Quick answer. Absolutely fucking not. Can Ohio State, can Iowa State play spoiler and really end OU's playoff hopes? If their defense comes to play, if that defense plays like they did against Tech, no. Can SMU end Cincinnati's playoff chances? Doubtful. I think Cincinnati is just a better team. And I think this is a game because SMU's probably the second toughest game on their schedule unless they get to play Houston right for the AAC title. They need to make a statement tomorrow against SMU. Can K-State end Baylor's Big 12 title chances? Yes. And I think K-State beats Baylor tomorrow. Can Utah beat and prevent Oregon from making the playoffs? Uh that defense, you got a chance. I think Oregon wins, but I, I think Utah definitely has a chance. So my Power 26 college football rankings after uh, week, what was that, week 11? Georgia won at 10-0. I got Ohio State at 2 at 9-1. Alabama at 3 at 9-1. Cincinnati 4, 10, they're 10-0. Oregon at 5, they're 9-1. Notre Dame at 6, they're 9-1. Michigan at 7, they're 9-1. Michigan State at 8, they're 9-1. 
Oklahoma State at nine. They are also nine and one. Uh, Old Miss at ten. They're eight and two. Baylor at eleven. They're eight and two. Oklahoma at twelve. They're nine and one. Wake Forest at thirteen. They are nine and one. Texas A&M at fourteen. At seven and three. Uh, fifteen BYU at eight and two. Sixteen UTSA at ten and zero. Seventeen Houston at nine and one. Eighteen Wisconsin at seven and three. Nineteen Iowa at eight and two. Twenty Pitt at eight and two. Twenty one San Diego State at nine and one. Twenty two Arkansas at seven and three. Twenty three Louisiana Lafayette nine and one. They're twenty. I get twenty three. Twenty four NC State seven and three. Twenty five Utah seven and three. And twenty six Mississippi State at six and four. So games and spreads for games three and two last week. I'm thirty two and twenty three overall. So you got number eight Michigan State at number two Ohio State Saturday at noon Eastern. I got Ohio State thirty four twenty four. Um, Iowa State at Oklahoma Saturday noon Eastern. So tomorrow, um, I got Oklahoma winning thirty eight twenty seven. Uh, number 22, Arkansas, who at number 3, Alabama, Saturday at 3.30 Eastern. I got Alabama 38-23. Um, shoot. Hold on. Called, okay, and then uh, number 12, Baylor at Kansas State. I got K-State 27-24. That is Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. And then number five, Oregon at number 25, Utah, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Oregon 31-24. Uh, spreads, 3-2 and two last week, 36-19 and 19 overall. I'm going UTSA, minus 3.5 versus UAB. Uh, UCLA, minus 2.5 at USC. Kansas, plus 22.5 at TCU. Oklahoma, minus 4.5 versus Iowa State. And I'm actually going Liberty, minus 2.5 against Lafayette. So let's get into some NBA trade ideas. Here we go. I love this. Um, So the three players I did was Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, and Jalen Brown. And what's tough for Zion is you got to find teams that can match the cap, right? And again, these will be trades that can't happen, or that still could happen this year. I doubt they might not. Maybe Kyrie and Jalen, but most likely just Kyrie. So let's go Cleveland. Trades Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Seti Osman, and three unprotected first-rounders. Cavs would also receive Thomas Sadoransky for cap reasons. So my brother gave these, I read them off to him, he gave them grades. He said the Cavs would be an A- minus to get Zion, Pelicans a B-, minus. the picks are nice, but is the talent really worth it? Fair. Washington, they trade Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, three first-round draft picks. Said the Wizards is an A. You know, he said Hachimura is tough to give up, but Zion replaced him at the four. Denny hasn't been spectacular, and we don't know about Kispert yet. He said it's an A for the Wizards. B-plus, though. He said it's better um, for the Pelicans and the Cavs because of the talent you get back. Detroit pairs him with Cade. Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, and three first-rounders. He thinks it's a C for the Pistons because the talent they're giving up in Stewart and Bay, And it's an A-plus for the Pelicans, though, because that's great talent back and three picks. Kyrie Irving. Philadelphia trades Ben Simmons and a 2022 pick for Kyrie Said it's an A-plus for Philly, A-minus for Brooklyn. It fits both teams. Uh, Dallas trades Kristaps Porzingis, Josh Green, Jalen Brunson, a 2022 and 2024 top 10 protected first-round picks. These next two trades, the Dallas one and the next one, are kind of, okay, we have our two stars. Let's just get some guys around them now and fill out our depth. He said it's a B-plus for the Mavs. You get a guy that can you know relieve Luka of his duties at times and not have the ball so much. So it's a B-plus for both. The Nets, you get some good players back to fill out your, your uh, depth. Uh, Toronto Raptors trade OG Anunami, Gorn Drug, it's Press Sachua, and a 2022 top 10 protected first round draft pick and a 2024 unprotected first round draft pick. Said it's an A minus for the Nets. This would be three great accusa- uh, acquisitions, which it would be. B for the Raptors. You know, can Kyrie really carry that Raptors team? Jalen Brown. Um, Memphis trades Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark. And a 2022 unprotected first-round draft pick. Said it's an A for the Grizzlies, a real a legit number two next to uh, Jaw. And then for the Celtics, three guys that can come in and play immediately. It's an A minus, is what his grade was. Utah trades Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles, and a 2023 unprotected first-rounder. Said it's a B for Boston. You'd like to maybe see them get another player in there, you know, for depth purposes. And then it's an A plus for the Jazz. Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell will be an unbelievable duo. Portland Trailblazers, C.J. McCollum in a 2023 top five protected first round picks. It's an A-plus for the Blazers, C-plus for the Celtics, because what does McCollum give you, really? 
Overreaction or not? Quick drink. NFL edition. Chiefs have figured it out and should be the favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. He said it's not an overreaction. I said I'm going, it's a slight overreaction right now. Um, Tennessee still might get Derrick Henry back, and I think if they do, they should be the favorites. So I'm going to go slight overreaction. Patriots are better than the Bills. He said overreaction. I'm going not an overreaction. I think they're better than the Bills. After last week, it proved Cam will lead the Panthers to the playoffs. He said overreaction. I'm going to go slight overreaction as well. Slightly. Too soon to tell. Uh, the Buccaneers are not Super Bowl contenders. He said not an overreaction. I'm going overreaction. I still think Tom can get them to the Super Bowl. The Chargers are overrated. Not an overreaction. I agree. I think the Chargers are, were overrated, and they are overrated now. Uh, the Rams are just Hollywood, not a Super Bowl contenders. Not Super Bowl contenders. He said not an overreaction. I agree. It's not an overreaction. NBA, it is time for Lakers fans to panic. He said overreaction. I agree. I always like to give mid-January is when you really know what teams are. So in my opinion, Lakers still have a month and a half to figure it out. Maybe two months. Figure it out. We'll see We'll see around then. Overreaction, though, for now. Bad loss tonight, though. The Suns are the most slept-on team in the NBA. He said overreaction. I mean... No one's really talking about the Suns. You know, in the West, it's... You still... The headlines are mainly Lakers and Warriors... People still talking about Jokic a lot. Still talking about the Clippers. Luka. I'm going to say it's not an overreaction. I think they're very slept on right now. New Orleans Pelicans should trade Zion Williamson. Not an overreaction. I agree. I think they should. I think they should move on from it. And I think it's just best for both. I think it's best for him and it's best for them. The Bulls are a year. Or the Heat are the favorites in the East. He said overreaction. Not an overreaction for me. The Bulls are a year away from being legit title contenders. Not an overreaction. I agree. Not an overreaction. The Nets should trade Kyrie Irving. We both said not an overreaction. NFL, look back at week 10. Cowboys bounce back, smash the Falcons 43-3. That was an impressive win. Um, God, that was, they look so good. Love that they're firing going into Arrowhead Sunday. Mari Cooper out, though. That's a bummer. Uh, but I think Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, we proved we can be fine with our receiving core. Chiefs offense finally uh, got going. Dominates Vegas 41-14. Yeah, Chiefs looked really good. Cam returns, scores two touchdowns as Panthers beat Cardinals without Murray, 34-10. Yeah, Cam looked good. Panthers look good. Uh, we'll see what they do against Washington, who's coming in off a massive win over the Buccaneers. And here we go. Tampa struggles versus Washington. They lose 29-19. You know, Tampa's got to figure some things out. 49ers shock Rams, win easily 31-10. Hollywood Rams, you went all in. Um, we're winning the Super Bowls the next few years. Well, we'll see. So my top five headlines and discussions for Week 11. Can the Chiefs build off Raiders win and beat the Cowboys? They definitely could. I don't think they will, but they could. <laughs> Can the Colts get a massive road win and upset the Bills? This is my upset pick of the week. Colts will beat the Bills. Who needs to win more, Bang- who needs to win more in R- Bengals-Raiders games? God, both need them. I'm going to say the Raiders need it more, though. Can the Vikings get an upset win that they really need over Green Bay? Good, They have a chance. Green Bay's defense is unreal, though. Vikings are going to have to play really good defense to win this game. Can Cam get the W over his former coach in his first start since returning to Carolina? Yes, he can. Did I pick them to win? I did. I did pick them to win. All right, AFC tiers. So we're going to start out with who's our Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. He only has two. He's got the Chiefs and the Ravens. I got the Titans, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Bills. Outside looking in, he's got a lot. I only got two. Ravens and Colts, actually. He's got Patriots, Patriots, Titans, Bills, Chargers, Raiders, Bengals, Browns on his outside looking in. So the borderline. I got four teams. He's got two. I got the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Raiders. He's got the Colts and the Steelers. Hello, 2022 NFL Draft. We have the exact same. I have one team added. We both have we all we both have Denver, Miami, Jacksonville, uh, Jets, and Texans. I have the I have the Browns. Sadly, I have the Cleveland Browns in there. That really sucks to say, but I have the Browns. NFC Super Bowl contenders. 
I got the Cowboys. Or so he's got Cowboys, Green Bay, Arizona. He's got three. I got four. I still got one extra. Cowboys, Packers, Cardinals. I still got the Bucks. I like the Bucks. Outside looking in, I have three teams. I got the Rams, the Panthers, and the 49ers. I think the Niners are good. They're getting healthy. I really like the Niners, man. The borderline. He's got four. I got five. He's got Carolina, Seattle, New Orleans, and Minnesota. Okay. So I had Carolina up one. Oh, and uh, his outside looking in, he has Tampa, Rams, Niners, Eagles. I have the Eagles, the Saints, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Falcons on the borderline. He's got the Panthers on the borderline, which I have outside looking in. He's got Seattle, New Orleans, and Minnesota on the borderline. Hello, draft. I had the Falcons on the borderline. He has them in the draft, and then we, we have the other four the same. Bears, Redskins, Giants, Lions. So NFL games and spreads of the week. I went eight five and one last week, so there was a draw. So I'm ninety one forty four and one overall. Thursday night football did have the Patriots. It did not have them twenty five zero. Had them thirty to seventeen. Sunday early games. Lions have a chance here, but I'm going Browns twenty seven twenty. Colts Bills. So the Sunday early games one p.m. Eastern. Uh, I got Colts twenty seven twenty four. Texans Titans. I got Titans thirty one sixteen. Redskins at Panthers. I got Panthers thirty one twenty eight. Ravens at Bears, I got Ravens 24-17. Niners at Jags, I got Niners 27-17. Packers at Vikings, I got Packers 23-16. Dolphins at Jets, I'm going Dolphins 33-24. Saints at Eagles, I'm going I'm going Eagles 24-20. Here they come. Sunday midday games, around 4.30 p.m. Eastern. A little earlier, maybe. Bengals at Raiders, I'm going Bengals 34-27. Cardinals at Seahawks, 23-21 Cardinals. Cowboys at Chiefs, Cowboys 34-31. Sunday Night Football, 8.20 p.m. Eastern. Steelers at Chargers. Chargers get back on track. 28-24 Chargers. Monday Night Football, uh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Giants at Bucks. Bucks, they'll figure it out a little better this game. 31-17 Bucks. So here's my Week 11 Top 5 Spreads of the Week. I was 0-5 last week in spreads. I've been so bad. It's, it's out of the four. College football games, college football spreads, NFL games, NFL spreads. Only one I'm under 500. I'm 21-29 overall. I can't hit a spread. So again, these are when I got these. Colts plus seven and a half at the Bills. Titans minus nine and a half versus the Texans. Packers minus two and a half at Minnesota. Bengals minus a half at Vegas. And Eagles minus one and a half versus the Saints. I gotta win spreads, man. I need four or five this week. I really need four or five if I'm gonna have, make a run here to get over five hundred by the end of the year. But yeah, like I said, be back next week sometime with Fee, hopefully. Um, but thank you guys for listening. We'll be, again, back next week. Go KU. Let's beat TCU tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Peace.